Uh, look what I wrote. Jim Peterick's history as a songwriter is unimpeachable. I love that. Unimpeachable, Jim you know, Peterick. Here, uh, Trump is impeachable, and I'm not. No, you are unimpeachable. <laughs> that right there is Jim Peterick. We are in front of the Revolution Brew Pub in Logan Square on Milwaukee <laughs> Avenue. Carcon Carney, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. We are in a brand new, literally like 170 miles on this, a brand new Mazda 6, Jim Peterick. It even smells great. It's like there's still plastic wrap on everything, too. I'm well, afraid to touch anything. You know, I used to go to Wachowski and buy that spray can of new car smell. <laughs> this doesn't need it. No, it doesn't need it because it's a new car. Uh, the technology in this thing is fantastic. <laughs> it smells kind of weird, actually. Go ahead. Well, good thing I got fish and chips from Revolution oh, Brew Pub. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, just uh, to balance that out. All right. Uh, so, Car Concarni, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. Are you ready, Jim Peterick, to do this podcast? I was born ready, baby. It's Car Concarni. So I met you on the street, right in front of Revolution, and I didn't even need to explain the concept. You said, yeah, I'm cool with Goofy. I'm, I'm cool with... Yeah, like, man, I mean, Goofy's my middle name. Jim Goofy Peterick. No, now, I love it. Now, Jim Peterick, I, I mentioned this beyond the unimpeachable uh, history and music. I mean, you're, you've been with the Ides of March for 55 freaking years. That's longer than most of the people watching and listening have been alive. Man, not a peach in sight. I'm telling you, man. And, and they're still my best friends, the original four How guys. How is that even possible? Well, we're um, we're immortal. I mean, music makes us... No, I, I love it. I'm 68. I feel like I'm 19. All the guys do. And we just did uh, College of DuPage for 7,000 people, and they were rocking the vehicle and all the songs that we do. And we feel like we're 19 again. Larry Millis, Bob Berglund, Jim Peterick, and Mike Borch. It's from the early 1960s, like 64. Was 64. Our first rehearsal was watching the uh, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I was going to say, pretty monumental year for rock and roll. I'm telling you, I mean, that was our first rehearsal. We said, that's what we want to be. The Berwyn Beatles. The Berwyn Beatles. I, there's so much to cover with you, and we do have food from Revolution. Thank you, Revolution Brew Pub. Uh, Revolution, truly the best brewery. I mean, we, we love Revolution. I love it. Smoked wings on, on the way. So we've got food coming up, but I, there's so much I want to cover with you. Let's talk about, you know, I love Chicago music. I, my whole life and career have been mm -hmm. built around love and respect for the Chicago music scene. I mean, you're the original local artist. I mean, it, uh, you know what? You blew my mind. You showed me the vinyl version of Premonition <laughs> five I minutes did. ago. I, brought, I, I go, I haven't seen that album. I brought it from home. Since it came out. And you got it. And, and, and did you know? That that's the album that Sylvester Stallone heard, and he called up our record president Tony Scotty, and said, "Scotty Brothers." Yep, Scotty Brothers, man, and said, "I like that, I like that band. I like that song, Poor Man's Son. That's the, the street, man. That's the street. That's the sound I want for Rocky Three. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah, and so you know, one thing leads to another in life, and small steps." Suddenly, I got a call from Stallone on my answering machine, and I hear, hey, yo, Jim, give me a call at Sylvester Stallone. And I'm looking at my wife going, yeah, right. That's crazy. Something's put, put, putting me on here. 
And she said, man, that sounds like Stallone. And I was already a huge fan. So the, the thought of him calling me without a secretary, just right on the answer machine. Boy, I wish I still had that message. But anyway, I called him back. Jim, I love your band. You know, that's the sound I want. Can you help me out? I want an anthem, something that'll go beyond. It'll probably outlive you. And I go, no problem, Sly. You Wait, know? He, he phrased it like that. Yeah. Like he. Oh, yeah. He thinks big. You know, everything he does, it's like, I want this to be the best scene you've ever, you know, he motivates the actors, you know, the, well, he motivated me and Frankie because he said, I want an anthem that will motivate generations. I I go, yeah, no problem. So he sends us the rough cut of the movie and I I rented a Betamax Pro, put it on the (laughs) kitchen table in LaGrange, Illinois. By this time, I was not in Berwyn. I had stabbed westward uh-huh. to LaGrange. And uh, on my kitchen table, we, I rented this Betamax Pro, and me and Frankie uh, watched this movie. Mr. T rising up, you know, and, and, and Stallone kind of getting soft, doing MasterCard commercials, right? Uh-huh. And um, I had my guitar around my neck, and I just started going, you know, like that. And we see the punches being thrown. So I just started throwing chords out of the air, you know. You know? So we had a pretty good start there, right? Like, did it come to you right like that? Like, Yeah, yeah. The- you know, well, I mean, I was trying to coordinate the the riff with the punches. Mm-hmm. That's why there's that one staggered beat that drives every drummer crazy because I was waiting for a punch. And uh, it was just magic. You know, and Frankie really started the lyric going. He goes, how about this? Do, uh, back on the street doing time taking chances. I said, man, I like that, you know. So I said, how about this? Rising up back on the street. Did my time. Took my chances. Went the distance. You know, now I'm back on my feet, just a man in his will to survive. Man, we just started going to town. Three days later, we had the song. Four days later, we were in in, uh, Chicago Recording Company. Uh, The old one, by the way, uh, on Grand Avenue. Okay. And uh, we caught lightning in a bottle. We called all the guys in Survivor. We went down there. In two takes, we had it. And the next day, Dave Bickler came down and sang the lead vocal, Goosebumps. Send it to Isn't that interesting, you know, though? Some of these songs, just you, they're not overthought. You just you know when you have it, and you, you know if you spend too much time working on it, you're going to ruin it. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have time to ruin it, thank God. <laughs> he needed it yesterday. So, you know, the, the funny thing is, and, and a lot of people don't know this, the version you hear in the movie is the demo because we didn't have time to do the final. That's amazing. And, and it was good. But the sound quality was, yeah, we did it so quick, right? Didn't matter. The people in the theaters were standing up on their chairs when they heard this thing. Later on, a few, few uh, about a month later, we went to the, the real studio. I mean, seriously, it was great. But we took some time and we did the final version uh, in, uh, in L.A. And that's the one you hear on the album and you hear on the radio today. That's amazing. Uh, what do you think when Hulk Hogan used it as his wrestling entrance music? I don't think we got paid. I was wondering about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's good for business. I mean, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> come on. Chicago guy, right? No, not Hulkster. He oh, was, he was, I'm thinking of Mr. T. Yeah, no, Mr. T is definitely a Chicago guy. Yeah. 
The hoaxer is Venice Beach, well, or at least well, that's that what case, they said. I'm going to get a lawyer. That's that's right. It's a little late. Never mind. Latches. So it's it's so interesting, and Stallone said it. He wanted a song that would last for the ages. I like I have a 17 year old. I have a 13 year old. They both know I have the tiger. It has it, it crossed every possible generation. I know. I'm blown away. I really am. Every generation discovers it, and thinks they thinks makes it their own. You yeah. Know? And I never, I never expected that. That was just. I mean, we wrote it in three days. You know, God created. Never mind. It's just it happens quick. If I worked out, I would listen to that all the time. It, it, me too. <laughs> me too. Hey, look, Brian Wilson never surfed, and I hated boxing. But hey, you know who cares? Uh, and I will say, going back to this this record that I brought, uh, Summer Nights. That that really that that's that that's my Jim Peterick legacy. Uh, that song. That that was the first one that hooked me in. Well, that that was great, and that was actually started by Frankie. Like, like the first song we really wrote together, and he, he had this, you know, uh, what, girl, let's see what's a good key. Girl, it always seems about September. That's the time again I remember the lights and all the fun of those summer nights. Then I had young and innocent and living fast. Didn't know enough to know that a summer love can't last, can't last. Do you remember those summer nights, summer night, dancing in the light of love? She's cute. <laughs> summer nights, all right, couldn't last beyond September. I don't know in this key. September, summer nights, all night. Living for your love, dreaming only of you and summer nights. I love that song. You were such a Chicago guy. In the middle of singing this song of premonition, you happened to notice some local Logan Square talent. Talent? <laughs> Would you see her? I did. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, so back to Ides of March. She had a cute smile. Do you know all those duck smiles? Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. 55 years later, here we are, the Ides of March, a new album on vinyl, because you're old school. Right. Um, I love vinyl. And I you, love the smell of it. Here's the thing about Jim Peterick. Here's what I knew about you before we sat down tonight. Everyone loves Jim Peterick. Above and beyond the music, you have a reputation as being just a really decent guy, which I think is a Midwestern thing. It's a Berwyn thing. It's a Berwyn thing. It is. And you have a reputation of being a really decent, nice, generous guy. Uh, and you. to that end, your your proverbial Rolodex is full. Like the, the, the people who you pull from <laughs> to help out on your solo record and on the Sides of March record. I mean, it's a who's who. Well, so, I'm, I'm blessed, you know. So who's on this? Um, well, on this album, the Ides of March album, we really <laughs> got some of our favorite people. Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad. He came into town. We wrote a song called Swagger. And, and we cut it two days later. We cut the whole thing at my son's studio called the Jam Lab in, in Brookfield. And we did it the old school way. It's all live. And we were looking at each other in this ISO room. And in other words, face to face, like when we cut vehicle, you know, at CBS Studios. In 1970? 1969. And then it came out in 70. We were all looking at each other and feeling it. There was no click tracks. and digital bs you know what i mean and uh, that's why we did it for this album all live me and farner face to face doing the duet on swagger love it but we got david pack of ambrosia who's one of my dear friends just great a song about mary it's one of my favorite songs about all the songs that name check mary 
and how they all kind of share a bittersweet feeling. I love that song. We got Bo Bice, who sang Vehicle to the top of the charts mm-hmm. uh, in 2007 on American Idol. What does it feel like when you have your songs covered? It depends how good they are. <laughs> Fair if, enough. And yeah, you know, I mean, I heard a few that I never want to hear again. Uh, uh, never mind. I won't mention uh, anybody at all. But uh, David Hasselhoff, he's still a good friend, but other... No, it wasn't him. He did fine. But uh, but with Bo Bice, man, he killed it. And I was I was in Nashville, and my drummer, Mike Borch, called me and said, man, get to a TV, man. There's this guy that looks like Jesus Christ, man, and he's crushing vehicle. He, You know, so I got up there, and he's just giving it up. And now we're best of friends, and he and I wrote a song called Love or Something Like It for this album. Mm-hmm. Came into town. We got Joe Batamasa on the record. Oh, wow. the, you know that dude can play. Oh man, he could play the phone book. You uh-huh. know, just amazing. Kathy Richardson, mm-hmm. who actually, you know, I'll take Chicagoan. Totally, suburbs. Mm-hmm. Take a little bit of credit for really mentoring her when she was nineteen. She has got a voice. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. She played Janis Joplin and in, in mm-hmm. Love Janis on Broadway. Anyway, we're dear friends, and I've, I produced her first album, Moon Not Banana, back in. 91 and uh, she repaid the f- favor by doing a duet with me on, on a song called Blue Storm Rising which is one of the standout tracks we've got um, Paul Schaefer doing uh, some Wurlitzer on a song called Rule of Three uh, who else oh Mindy Abair, uh Grammy winning sax player who's easy on the eyes as you'll see uh, on, on the record but it's Ides of March that's the main thing it's our sound it's the harmony it's the horns so what is it? I mean, 55 years later, I, I realize I've fallen out of touch with most of the people I went to high school with. And if not for Facebook, I'd probably be completely out of touch, not out of, out of disrespect. It's just <laughs> the ebb and flow of life. Is it that you and the rest of the band, the Ides of March, kind of were in the trenches together back in the day? Like you, you kind of like went through battle together. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, before Vehicle hit, we were on the road with a song called You Wouldn't Listen. 1966, you know, it was like... Innocent Hollies meets um, the Kinks and uh, little Curtis Mayfield. I told you he was a fool. You wouldn't listen to me. He'll break your heart. You wouldn't listen to me. You know, and uh, we're on the road, and the South was, you know, really, really prejudiced, mm-hmm. not only about race, but long haired hippies. Yeah. And we would go into a restaurant. Are you guys a boys or are you girls? You're a disgrace to manhood. I mean, we look at each other and laugh our butts off, you know. We're going, this is really bad. We, we couldn't even stay at Holiday Inns at the time. One time in Washington, D.C., we stayed at an old people's home because they were the only ones oh that would take God. us. Honest to God. It was a different age. Yeah. But then vehicle hit, and uh, and then we were pretty much golden, and, and we went on the road. We played with the Grateful Dead for about, I don't know, 10 gigs. We opened for Led Zeppelin, Janis Joplin, the Grateful Dead. I, uh, you opened for Zeppelin? Oh, yeah. Was, it, it, was this 69, like first album? Uh, 70. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were amazing, but, you know, we had the night of our lives. It was in Winnipeg, and uh, the people were on our side, man. Zeppelin was a little bit jaded. They came a little bit under the weather, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The PA sucked. And the Ides of March were used to bad PAs at that time, you know. So we went out there and we played for 20,000 people, got a standing ovation. Randy Bachman happened to be in the audience. I said, were we, were 
were we really that good? He said, you really were, Jim. Zeppelin came on. Honest to God, they couldn't follow us that night. That was the only night they couldn't follow us. And uh, the next day, the headlines read, Eidsamart steal the show from Led Zeppelin. There it is. You know, know, I still think about that. If I have a down day, I think about that. And I don't know where you can find those headlines now. You'd have to, like, look it up on microfiche in the library. I got it. Okay, there you go. Yeah, man. You're not going to... Yeah, that, that's that a keeper. A, yeah. yeah, right. So could vehicle be released today in the era of Me Too? Because it's creepy. <laughs> oh, you mean, I'm the friend of the stranger in the black sedan. Won't you hop inside my car? I got pictures. Can he ever love a man? Take it to the nearest star. You mean that? I mean that. I'm your vehicle, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. I'm your vehicle, woman. About now, I'm sure you know that I love you, love you, need you, need you. Won't you got to have your child? Great God in heaven, you know I love you. Ba-da-ba-ba-da. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think we're grandfathered into that one. Yeah, I think you are. I, th- I think <laughs> in fact, there's I'm a, a statute of limitations on that. Yeah, <laughs> your grandfather. I am uh, times times two. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this new album. So you guys came back together there are also old like vintage Eidsamarsh songs on here right side four on the on the um, on the vinyl is vehicle the original master mono version uh, our follow up to it Superman LA Goodbye which became a big hit mainly in Chicago mm-hmm. when we do concerts around the Midwest this is the one they ask for this is the one that people are proud to say I like this one better than Vehicle. And I said, God bless you. And it's one of my favorites, too. Oh, well, my wavelength gets a little longer Every time I wave goodbye, hi, hi Sentimental breakdown You know I break down in life, hi, hi Where I'm not supposed to lie my head I always see myself this pillow And as I put my plane Something inside my brain Hates to wave Ellie goodbye Hi Ellie goodbye I'm just going to drive you around and take you home with me. Please. This is, yeah, this, please. this is too much Pe- fun. People will talk. <laughs> people will talk. So take me back. I started to talk about this. I don't remember if it was before we had audio issues. Chicago music, circa 1964, circa the 60s. What was it like coming up before oh. you signed a deal? Oh, my God. Well, you know, we signed a deal really early on. I was 15 when we got our deal with Parrot Records, the home of the zombies. And... Um, Tom Jones and Engelbert Humperdinck. Because when you're 15, you're you're able to make sound decisions with your career. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, not. But you know what? We always had good luck with people. And Larry's mother was got us that first appointment with Mercury Records. I said, Mrs. Millis, how did you get that appointment? Well, I went to the phone book, and I looked up Mercury Records. I called them, and they answered, and you got an appointment on Monday. Those were the days. You know, but... We had the big hit before, you know, the first group that really made it in Chicago was the New County Six. 
I confess to ever willingness and wanting for you, you know. But the, soon after that, we put out You Wouldn't Listen, and it went to, whoops, sorry. We're all good. Yep, you're good. Went to number seven on the WLS Silver Dollar Survey. Sweet. Who, who doesn't remember that? And Dick Biondi and all those great jocks. Art Roberts. Yeah. And right then, all the Chicago bands started blossoming. And that's why we do this show now called Cornerstones of Rock, which was a uh, WTTW special about three years ago. And then we tour with it. Ides of March, Buckingham's, mm-hmm. New County 6, Crying Shames, Shadows of Night, Eliota Haynes, Jeremiah. Uh, you know, it's just a, a, a great show. So what do you think? You never left Chicago. One of the things we talked about at Revolution Brew Pub before we came in here. I asked, I mean, with, with your success through the years as a songwriter, as a performer, surely there must have been some inclination to get out of town and go somewhere <laughs> warmer or go somewhere more industry. I don't know. Well, right. You know, and all I can say is, you know, I spent a lot of time in L.A. cutting albums, you know, with, with Ides of March, with Survivor. It never felt like home, you know. It, it, the people weren't the same. Uh, the pizza, yuck, you know. The, they didn't have Italian beef, you know. That's a problem. Until Montana, Until Montana opened one of those years later. Uh, now they got one. But so many differences. I'm a homeboy, you know, and I love the people of Chicago. I always say, give me pan pizza and, and Italian beef from, uh, you know, Mr. Beef, uh-huh. you know. And uh, give me the Cubs, the Sox, the Blackhawks, uh, you know, the Bulls. Man, you can't beat that. This is a great city. It is. And I'll take the winners. You know, I got a fur coat. I got a raccoon coat. Put that on. I'm bulletproof. You didn't wear that today, did you? I did. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a very stylish <laughs> dude. I, mean, you, I like to, you know, I don't you like. You accessorize. To, I mean, you. Born to accessorize. You, you, pull, you pull it all together. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like to blend in. You know, it's just it's just me. I'm a ham. You do not blend in. Okay, good. No worries there. Uh, okay, so the new album from Ides of March comes out August 16th. It's called Play On. And before, uh, we're going to keep talking, but I want you to be able to eat too, but you're also going to sing for your supper pretty much. Oh, yeah. So play a new song. Play a new Ides of March oh, song. Oh, man. Okay. And, and give me some background too. All right, good. Let me get my guitar pick. This is getting serious. Now. This is getting serious. We're yeah. not messing around now. This uh, this is all just <laughs> prelude. Well, I didn't bring Kathy because she couldn't fit in the car. But she could next time bring Kathy. Well, she's on the street there. Kathy! No, she's not. Uh, we got a song called Blue Storm Rising, which um, we played it last, uh, you know, two days ago at College of DuPage. And it's a new song, you know, and for to, to, to play new songs for an audience is scary. But they loved it. All three new songs they played were just, they really accepted. So this is one of them. And okay. let's see if I can pull this off. I'm going to turn the camera a little bit more towards you. Uh, this will be fully properly mixed on KirkwoodCarney.com. Of course. Within the next few days, Kirkland Carney presented by the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston. To my right, songwriter, raconteur, star, Jim Peterick. Blue Storm Rising. One, two, three, two, two, three. gonna be first to lay it on out the silence is screaming cause nobody's talking out loud hear the shattering glass 
from the wind at the door. Even the dog's acting strange. He knows when that rain's gonna pour. Out on the horizon line, there's a darkness that's bleeding us dry. Love must have gone there to die, and it's scaring me cold. It's like you and me in the sky, all three of us crying. Blue storm rising. I just know something bad is blowing on through. I'm gonna name this hurricane after you. The way that you love me, the way you love me back. Tell me how did that blue sky we faded, fade into black? Out on the horizon line, there's a darkness that's bleeding us dry. Love must have gone there to die, and it's scaring me cold. It's like you and me in the sky, all three of us crying. Blue storm rising. Blue storm rising. There's a blue storm. There's a blue storm rising. Holy shit! <laughs> I can say that, right? I, you can. I don't know. It's your holy, show. Yeah, holy shit! The Ides of March. Thank Jim Peterick playing a new song. Uh, you know, it's interesting. That's my first time hearing that song. Yeah. Uh, I, certainly, I, I feel a blues sensibility De- to that. Definitely. How much or how little do the blues play a part in your aesthetic or oh, in your being God. around the blues? Or- well, good, good, good question. And you know what? I don't think I've ever been asked that. You know when I when I when I joined well when I formed Survivor you know I was you know we had to run away from that because you know me and Frankie decided we want to be Journey we wanted to be Kansas we wanted to follow the melodic rock yeah. thing and in in that uh, in that you know mission we really got rid of the blues you know but when you go back to early I had some March. I'm a friend, a stranger in the black sedan. Won't you hop inside my? That's blues, baby. <laughs> so on this uh, on this album is really refreshing because we got to renew our blues uh, vows, you know. And there's a song with Joe Bonamassa called uh, it, "It's it, What Is It?" Uh, it's 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 not the cover. The cover up is worse than the crime. And it's a blues song, man. You know, it, it name checks Monica Lewinsky and Bill Klinsky, and, and and Joe loved it because it, it's it's so funny. That, you know, the cover up is where it always is too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so blues is big on this album. Blues and R and B. See, I've, I've I've said this for a while. It seems like the city of Chicago pays a lot of lip service to the blues. Yeah, but doesn't do a lot to really own the blues. We have blues fest, but like when you land in O'Hare, you should be hearing. 
Hoochie Coochie Man or something. Well, I, at Midway, you do. Not Hoochie Coochie Man. You go... Uh, uh, you Champagne know, and Reefer. Heidi Ho. No. <laughs> uh, the Chicago song. Heidi Ho. Baby. Sweet Home Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You see that at Baggage. You hear that there. Mm-hmm. But in general, you're right. It's something we own as a city. I mean, it's... You're damn right. Buddy uh-huh. Guy is a dear friend of mine. I get to jam with him almost every January at his club. And we always do vehicle. I bet that's badass. It is. I'll send you a copy of it. I got to record I it. I bet that's it. badass. <laughs> he kills it, man. All right. So, Jim Peterick, I want you to be able to put the guitar away because we have food courtesy of Revolution Brew Pub. You, sir, uh, have ordered the smoked wings and kale panzanella salad. Yeah, baby. Which sounds delicious and healthy. Well, I, I try. You know, I really do. And it's delicious. Now, I ordered the fish, uh, Fist City fish and chips. So, it's fish and chips made with their own this city beer that sounds kind of amazing to me wow i'll share it too everything on this menu looked amazing well, this place is just awesome yeah i, I just I, I love the revolution brew pub we love revolution it's Brewery. got a great uh, vibe i was at the bar and the guy didn't know me from adam but i guess he liked me he bought me a shot he knew who you were i don't know he knew who you were yeah, again there's nothing subtle about you <laughs> Well, he seemed to bond with me really quick, so maybe. May, perhaps. All right, so I'll let you put the guitar away. All right. Uh, we're going to stop the recording. We'll start it up again when we uh, eat and, and talk more about Jim Peterick's illustrious career. Uh, we'll talk Ides of March. We'll talk more Survivor. We'll talk 38 Special and everyone else you worked with from Cheap Trick to the Beach Boys Sammy to Hagar. Sammy Hagar. i got to do a little of that one. Heavy Metal? Yeah. That's one of the greatest songs you've written. I, I mean, for real. I love that song. Well, we'll do it when we come back, right? All right, sounds good. There it is. Uh, I'm back with Jim Peterick on Milwaukee Avenue in front of Revolution Brew Pub. Uh, Revolution Brew Pub supplied us with amazing food for tonight. Kirk Carney presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. This entire episode, Jim's already performed in the car. He played vehicle in the vehicle, which is about as meta as it gets. In fact, I don't need to do this show anymore after tonight. Now that you've played vehicle in this car, I'm done. I got nothing. I'm going to talk you back into it. That's it. I mean, unless I get Gary Newman to play like next week, I, I have no other opportunities. That's He's it. He's human. <laughs> He is. Uh, so Jim Peterick is here. You know him from so many bands. Uh, most specifically, right now in the moment, Ides of March, his long-running, decades-running, 55-year running band, straight out of Berwyn, uh, new album on the way in August. Mm-hmm. And you you played a song from that. You can watch the video. You can hear the audio on carquincarney.com soon enough. I do want to thank Revolution for providing us with food. You've got a salad, a kale salad, which is a superfood. It's yum. And you're a, you're a super guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also got some wings. I got the Fist City fish and chips. Fist City? Fist City. Well, that's that's one of their signature beers. Oh, okay. So I'm sure... It, oh, look at this, Jim. Let's see. Oh, that is so crunchy. It looks delicious. That is so deep fried. You want some? No, it's heart-threatening. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that, I love it. It looks so good. I, I'm still youngish. Yeah. Yeah. How old? Never mind. Yeah. I'm 30. I don't know what you're... I'm 32, so... <laughs> there you go. You're catching up. But uh, I might have a bite of that later. It looks delicious. It does. Uh, again, Revolution Brew Pub. This place is fantastic. Of course, the beer. You know the beer. All their beers are here. Uh, even beers you probably haven't seen or heard of before. Um, they're, they're coming up with cool stuff at the bar at, at Revolution. Fist mm. City Fish and Chips. Uh, admittedly, we've let our food sit for a while because mm. you had some rocking to do. And you don't want to rock on a full mm. stomach. Mm. I'm just enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do I have to talk? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, ask me something. I'll see if I want to answer. Fish and chips are amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you mentioned the Hagar song, Heavy oh, Metal. Man. One of my favorites. 
Now, I mean, I first heard that song as part of the heavy metal soundtrack. Now, when I was a kid, I'm a little bit younger than you, um, heavy metal was one of those, like, forbidden fruit things. Like, it was oh. that movie we weren't allowed to see because it had boobies, and it was... It was erotic. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. You know, uh, funny story. I mean, I love the movie, obviously. But Man Cow, uh, my good friend and, and, and really iconic um, jock. I've heard of him. Yep, you've heard mm-hmm. him. He got his first sexual excitement. That's the best way to say it. Watching heavy metal. He tells the story every time. (laughs) He had an awakening to the girl riding the, um, what was she riding? A giant something. And it wasn't what you'd think. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an animal of some kind. But it was so erotic, it got him aroused. I think my awakening was just looking at the cover of Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Was that yours? <laughs> May have been. Mine was uh, Julie London, 1954. The cleavage. I go, let's lead in somewhere. Where is that leading? <laughs> you know, and then Doris Day had the cover of my sister's Pajama Game soundtrack album <laughs> in the shorty uh, little PJs. And I it was mesmerized. Did not expect the conversation to go this direction. It, it always does. <laughs> it always does. It made me spit out my food, Jim Peterick. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about heavy metal. You wrote this song. I mean, you're not a heavy metal songwriter or performer, and you write wrote what has become one of the quintessential songs with those words in it. Precisely. Which is really interesting, because when we got together, first of all, Sammy picks me up in his red Ferrari Daytona. He had just gotten it, convertible. He's not allowed to drive any other color car. No. It has to be red. Mm-hmm. And it was brand new. And he picks me up at the airport. That's when you could pick people up, like, mm-hmm. at the airport. And... Uh, I mean, he didn't meet me at the gate. That was 10 years earlier before <laughs> that. But I was really impressed. And he had the blonde hair, and he looked so in shape. And, you know, I said, man, you know. I said, nice car. He goes, yeah, good country America. That was his first words. He's an American. Very much that kind of guy. So what year is this, like 80, 81? 81, exactly. Okay. And uh, anyway, he took me over to his house in, in Mill Valley, and we stopped to get some Kona coffee, the ground right there. So, I mean, the whole afternoon we're buzzing on this high-grade uh, coffee. And that was just, we didn't get illegal at all. Uh, and we just started jamming. And he said, you know, my manager, Fast Eddie uh, Leffler, said, you know, there's this movie called Heavy Metal. I got the inside track. Guys want to write a soundtrack. Now, title, track, just go ahead. And so... That was our focus. And I said, hell yeah. You know, this is before Rocky, so I hadn't had a lot of experience writing for movies. But we started jamming in, in his basement, which was a studio as well. His house was gorgeous. Upstairs overlooked like acres of redwood trees. And uh, his wife was great and serving us, you know, hors d'oeuvres. And it was just like a dream. Uh, the redwoods, they smelled so good, like this car, similar only totally different. So we started, he started playing this riff. You know, I said, that's great. And so I, we honed in on that riff. And I said, well, I'm not really a heavy metal guy. He says, well, I'm not really either. I'm a rocker. And I said, yeah, I'm a rocker. But I said, I could, I could imagine what it feels like to be sitting in the audience and you're about to see Iron Maiden, you know, or, or, or uh, Megadeth or one of those really cool... Heavy, heavy metal bands 
and the electricity is just filling the audience. I said, I don't know about you, but to me, the most exciting part of a concert is anticipation and sitting in the audience just waiting for those guys to hit the stage and the lights to Let's capture that moment. So I, I just started saying lyrics, you know, uh, headbangers in leather, you know, you're looking around, sparks flying in the dead of the night. It all comes together when they shoot out the lights. 50,000 watts of power. It's pushing overload. The beast is ready to devour all the metal it can hold. About to explode, about to overload. And, man, we're, we're trading lines. And, okay, listen to this. One-way ticket to midnight. Call it heavy metal. You know, and we're like. That's such a great hook. You know. That, was, that chorus right there. Hey, my God. One-way ticket to midnight. Higher than high feeling just right. Call it heavy metal. Desperation on the red line. Call it heavy metal noise. And then my favorite verse. And I got to take credit for a lot of this one. Tight pants and lipstick. She's riding on the razor's edge. She holds her own against the boys. Mm -hmm. Cuts through the crowd just like a wedge. Can't you feel the static? So many contacts being made. We got upfront fanatics breaking down the barricades to reach the stage. You know, the girls love that line because it empowers them, you know? So it's not just this macho bunch of leather jerks, you know? We got them. It's a song about empowerment. It is. Uh Both, you know? And that soundtrack, I mean, actually, there's not a whole lot of heavy metal period on that soundtrack. No, no. I mean, Nazareth it, might be the heaviest thing on there. It, it probably is. And, and the other song called Heavy Metal, which, which is Don Felder, Felder yeah. we didn't even know that was going to be on there. And it's a nice song. But mm-hmm. I think, and I want to say ours captured the spirit very well. For sure. Let's talk about 38 Special. Oh, Rockin' yeah. Into the Night was your song. Be, be, it was uh, a song that uh, me and Frankie wrote for the first uh, Survivor album and at the last minute Ron Nevison our, our great producer a guy that's famous for Led Zeppelin he did um, Physical Graffiti he did the Who uh, Tommy album you know no, nothing big uh, no he did Quadrophenia I was lying but he decided it wasn't for the band it wasn't didn't keep in keeping it was too southerny wow yeah huh. guess what and we were pretty uh, we didn't even know that he had given it, no, he didn't give it to to 38, but John Kladner, who is our A&R man, he's the guy that signed Survivor to the Scotty Brothers. I he, feel like I've heard his name outside oh, yeah. of Survivor. Yeah, oh, yeah he signed uh, Aerosmith mm-hmm. in their resurgence, and he's the guy in the um, in the wedding dress, dress in the, the pump video. Uh, very weird, eccentric guy. Really, we love him, though. I mean, I owe a lot to him because he put me together with Sammy, put me together with... Aerosmith with Henry Paul and the Outlaws and you know he, he was a mentor but you know at, at the time Kaladner took that tape and gave it to Mark Spector the manager of 38 Special unbeknownst to me they loved it they cut it by the time it was out we, we didn't even know they had cut it we're, we're going that's down, hilarious we're going down the road to cut a video in, in, uh, in San Francisco new from 38 Special rocking into the night we go, oh, shit, you know. It, it was this mixed feeling of it's cool to hear our song on the radio, but it's not us. Right, of course. You know, so that's... So, so what do you think when you heard it? Well, it, like I said, mixed emotions. Uh-huh. It sounded great. It wasn't as good as our version, but it was damn good. Um, that's a signature song for 38 Special. Yeah, it really is. They, they do it every night. Sometimes they start with it. But then... Um, 
about a year later, Kalanir said you, uh, to 38, you guys got to fly to Chicago and write with Jim. That one was great for you, but if, if you get together with Don Barnes and Jeff Carlisi, you could really do something. And that first day, that same kitchen table that, that Frankie and I wrote Eye of the Tiger, we wrote Hold On Loosely. And it was like one of those magic times. You know, is I, there anyone, there is no one who listens to that song and doesn't sing along as loudly as they can. <laughs> Hold on loosely. You cannot be subtle when you sing sing along with Hold but On don't Loosely. Let go. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I'm proud about, uh, some of my biggest songs that I've written or co-written actually have a little bit of a, a message to them. And, and, and that one, first of all, Don Barnes says, well, I got a title. A lot of times I, I ask the guys, hey, do you have any great titles? Because a great title can sometimes lead the whole song. Sure. And he says, well, I got a title. I said, well, it's here. He goes, hold on loosely. I said, wow, that's cool. And I said, but don't let go. And, and suddenly I was thinking about the girl I used to date. And, um, you know, I was 17. She was 15. I was there like her first date. And I was getting a little too, you know. Clingy? Yeah, clingy. <laughs> you know, uh, not giving her space to breathe in, as it were. <laughs> and uh, she didn't actually say, hey, Jim, hold on, Lucy. But that was the thing. We broke up because I was just getting going too fast and not giving her enough space. So, you know, long story short, that informed the whole lyric. You see it all around you, good lovers going bad. And suddenly it's too late when you realize what you had. My mind goes back to the girl I met long years ago who told me, hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. Your baby needs someone to believe in and a whole lot of space to breathe in. You know, and, and it just wrote itself. And, and at the end of the day, we knew we had a, a big hit. So hold on loosely, begat what else with you in three Caught years? up in you. Um, and that was a year later. We got together. That song went uh, top ten. And we kind of tried to consciously kind of clone that formula. Mm -hmm. And Don had another title, Caught Up in You. So caught up in you. Immediately I started singing that, little girl. And that little girl, I I stole it right from Leonard Skinner. What's your name, little girl? You know, you you borrow from your your, your sources. Uh, And that song is just a piece of pop, fluff, great. People love that song. The girls... When the Eyes of March play that song, the girls are, like, going crazy. I bet the dudes go crazy, too. Maybe so, because the girls are going crazy. Uh And they get on that, you know, we played this concert a few days ago, 7,000 people, and then there's this little area, and the girls filled up the dance floor. Uh, It wasn't really a dance floor. It was just an area. And they were just, man, they had a few drinks in them. They were so loose, man. It was... And so... I do this wireless thing at the end of Tiger where I'll go out with my guitar and jam and the band's playing and I'm jamming and I find all the cute girls and I said back to back and we play back to back you know and man I went on that dance floor I had the time of my life my wife was watching all this <laughs> yeah and she's going yeah you know she trusts that's great, me Jim. Thank, yeah. that's, that's good you have your fun for you. now come home yeah. come home you left the dishes in the dishwasher oh yeah we have, never... we have to go to Target <laughs> You're never a prophet in your own home, man. <laughs> it's so true. You know, you brought up the fact that Caught Up in You is very much a pop song, but it's so interesting. It's such a different time. Pop songs in the 1980s had guitars on them. Yes. yes. You have been around 
since 1964 <laughs> as a musician, you've yep. seen the ebbs and flows of the music industry and, and public taste and, and rocks. I mean, rocks ascent and and evolution. Mm-hmm. Where are we at with rock and roll in 2019? Well, I see glimmers of it coming back. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bands that are trying to be Led Zeppelin now. But, you know, it's, it's kind of scary because sometimes I'll think it's Led Zeppelin. You know, I would pr- appreciate... You're talking about Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Yeah. I would appreciate if they added their own thing to it. Yeah. Um, the, like you said, borrow. Yeah, but they just take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're great. And, and I, I, that's better than, uh, you know, the alternative of, of mindless pop that, you know, I'm not a big fan of the things that everything's... I sound like an old man now. No. I'm only 68. But everything sounds alike because... The way music is created, they're not from songs. They're from beats. And they'll, somebody will create a beat, and then another guy will come and do the melody, if there is one. Then another guy will come and do the lyrics. And it, it's like by committee. That's why when you see the Grammys, you know, there'll be eight guys on stage. We only needed two. <laughs> Fair enough. Jingles. This is something people may not realize about Jim Peterick. You're a jingle writer. I mean, you're a songwriter. How do you know that? Everyone knows. I mean, a lot of people know that. No, you don't. Um, did you write the Hams theme? No. Uh, you know what? T- to be really honest, the main thing I did was sing. I, I, I didn't write a lot of the commercials. I sang the commercials. Right now, uh, back in the uh, the late 60s, early 70s, Chicago was the hub mm-hmm. of, of jingles in America. And I always sang for the three dicks. Dick Marks, Dick Reynolds, and Dick Boyle. Okay. It's just, <laughs> they're all I'm glad you sped, sped that story up a little bit. got a little weird. Yeah, I'm glad I, I went to the next line. Uh-huh. But they were my mentors, and they loved vehicle. So for years, I was beer and tires. That's what they called me for. But occasionally, they'd be like, well, beer, of course. Look out for the bull. Look out for the Schlitz malt liquor bull. Nobody makes small liquor like Schlitz, nobody. That was me. I was also, uh, Brian Wilson uh, came to me. I, was, I wrote uh, many songs with Brian lately. He said, was that you on, I'm drinking up orange vibration, sun kiss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, I, yeah it was me. And yeah, you don't want to tell Brian Wilson you did that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I admitted it. He's, I said, I made a lot of money. He said, well, then it's okay. <laughs> but that was a big one that ran for seven years. My God. Right. I mean, and then now that you've had a drink, oh, what a time to think. I should have had a V8. With just one sip. It was a great time. Well, and you were the great American hero, right? The, or the No, that was David Vickler. Okay. The Real Men of Genius. That's what it was, yeah. That was Dave, and he made a, can I say, shit ton of money on that. God bless him. But he he did amazing. But Jingles have been very good to me. But when I and the Tiger went number one, I was asked to come in and do a commercial. And I had to be a Rice Krispie, you know. I'm sitting around, you know, singing this inane song about Rice Krispies. And the, the producer is going... Put more smile into it. And we're all trying to... And suddenly, I, I, the room started breathing. And I realized, I can't do this anymore. I finished the commercial. And that was the last jingle I ever did. That's amazing. So let, let's go back to Eye of the Tiger for a second. Ghost number one, it is ubiquitous. It still is ubiquitous. Was there pressure internal 
or label-wise for the follow-up? Oh, man. Was it one of those situations where it's like, okay, well, you gave us Eye of the Tiger. What do you got next? Well, we had already cut the whole Eye of the Tiger album. So the pressure was built in. They knew they had to pick one from that record. And um, we had a song called American Heartbeat, which is kind of the heir apparent. But it didn't really, you know, it made it to number 14 on the charts. Didn't didn't break the sky wide open. It's really hard to come back after Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. And it really wasn't until the Vital Signs record that we got major success. And by that time, Dave Bickler had left the band, um, and we got Jimmy Jameson in the mm-hmm. band. And we had this resurgence that proved to everyone we can have hits without the Rocky franchise. We, we loved Rocky, but we wanted to prove we could do it on our own. And we got Ron Nevison to produce the album. Frankie and me got crazy writing. We just hit a streak. In this crummy carpet warehouse, with the with the carpet fumes just making our eyes tear, maybe that was part of the, the yeah. high. We wrote "High on You," mm-hmm. uh, "Can't Hold Back," "The Search Is Over." These are uh, songs with just gigantic know, hooks. You know, these are these are pop songs. We yes, they are. And and you know, I always write for the, the singer, whether it's with Thirty Eight Special or Sammy. I write for the voice. With Dave Bickler, I wrote tougher songs like "Poor Man's Son" mm-hmm. and you know, "Take You on a Saturday." With Jimmy, it was a prettier voice. One of the best pop voices I've ever yeah. worked with in my life. And that's when I, you know, the search is over. You were with me all the while. I mean, that I started writing melodies to, to beat the band because I knew he could deliver them. The first time we auditioned him, I, I, I played him Broken Promises that Frankie and I had just finished. And, and instead of singing in the mic, he sang right in my ear, Broken Promises. And, and it sounded so sweet. I said, Frankie, this is the guy. And then we taught him Search is Over. And I still have goosebumps thinking about the, that moment when he learned that song and sang it for the first time. You can still remember that. Oh. Because when it clicks, it's just, it's, it's magic, oh, right? Oh, buzz, you know. And then the first time he did the final vocal, we were all in the control room in Sausalito uh, at the record plant. And everybody, I was I was tearing up. It was that good. Then I touched your hand. I could hear you whisper. The search is over. You were with me all the while. Holy shit! You know. I remember buying High and You on Seven Inch. Oh, cool! Man. I bought it at uh, Record City in Skokie. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. That was a rocking song. Man. It was. <laughs> so okay, going back to the Ides of March, the new mm-hmm. album comes out in August. Sorry, I'm not letting you eat it all. That this mm-hmm. is one of the one of the great secrets of this podcast. I get to eat whatever, and my guest kind of suffers and tries to sneak in food as I'm talking. The wings are great. The wings, the fish and chips. Oh, my God. The, the Fist City fish and chips from Revolution are fantastic. Mm. And, of course, the wings. people come smoked. here for the beer, but the, this brew pub is kick-ass. But stay for the wings. Stay for the wings. They're smoked. Oh you got to love that. Mm. Uh, so, Ides of March, new album on the way. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, just scant weeks away. Mm. Um, new and then, video. New video, you new said? New video. We'll have it, Mark Farner and me and the band Mark, Swagger. For those of you who uh, maybe just be watching, may just be watching this video, didn't see the previous video. Mark from Grand Funk. I mean, this is it's a big deal. This is a big deal. He was at one time part of the biggest band in in America. Yeah, they sold out Shea Stadium faster than the Beatles. True story. And of course, the Ads and March used to tour with them, and we were always like in awe of Farner. 
long hair, singing closer to home, you know, playing his ass off. And now we're playing with him and writing songs. And Swagger, wait till you hear Swagger. You're all contemporaries. Yes, we are. And he's healthy. He does these concerts with, with me called World Stage. And he's dancing. The girls in the front row are going nuts because his body language is so cool. He's like a teenager. I love it. And I guess the one thing I didn't get to ask you, which I'm going to ask you right now, you took the turn with Survivor. These guys in, in Ides of March, they, they've been your, your generals. Mexican fresh. Oh, no. Uh, since the beginning. What what was their vibe when Survivor started to explode? Were they like, oh, that's great, Jim? Well, you know, they were very happy for me. But we never broke up. We, we put it on hiatus. We played every year, even if it was one gig or at, at a friend's birthday party. We kept kept going. We never broke up. And they were all like, you go, Jim. You good. go, Jim. And if you ever want to, you know, re, you know, come back for good. 96, I left Survivor, and I got real serious about, you know, now we're going to go all the way. And, and uh, we started doing shows, man. We we're doing 50 shows a year. We still are. It's crazy. Because they love you. Love you. Well, we love each they other. They need you. Need you. Ah, I caught that. <laughs> vehicle in the vehicle. Uh, Jim Peterick, you are a local treasure. I mean, really, the, you are you're a local treasure. That's it. I mean, Thank you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for playing in the car. Thanks for not even batting an eye. Oh, man. Like, you're a dude who doesn't have to play in a car. And you you want to bet? Yeah. Uh, but thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you eat in peace. James, uh, it's been a pleasure. It, you know, I, I told you off the air, you're a great foil because you know music. And you know my music, which is very flattering. <laughs> and you had the Premonition album. It's my, that was my that was my gateway oh. drug to the world of Jim Peterick. Gateway drug. That was it. Oh my god! Because I mean, you remember, like in that era, I mean, you were all over Chicago radio. I mean, that that was yeah. yeah and you, sh- you were like the local hero. The, I mean, this the, was the Loop. We did Loop Fest every mm-hmm. year. They premiered um, somewhere in America from the first album, and played that. And then when Premonition came out, they played. Poor Man's Son and um, Summer Nights. Summer Nights. You know, and Poor Man's Son, that's what Stallone loved, and that's the sound he wanted. So, you know, even though the records didn't do great, except in Chicago, it paved the way for the rest of it. You know? I love it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let you eat. The whole podcast, if you're watching on video, will be available on carquincarney.com, anywhere you consume podcasts. Uh, if you're just watching on video, thanks for doing that. And uh, tell a friend about Carquin Carney. More importantly, tell a friend about Ides of March. They're back with a new album. They've only been around for 55 years. Yeah. Um, We're tight. We're very tight. It's time for you to discover this band that's been around for five and a half decades. <laughs> and I got something to say to you, James. You ready? Yes. Great God in heaven, you know I love, love you. Carcon Carney is presented by the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston. <laughs>